Hello, hello, hello. This is Truth Be Told. This is Dr. Walter Aka. And I have the pleasure, actually, of having a good friend of mine. He, you know, he's living the California life right now, and uh, he's enjoying it. You know, uh, he's not in Texas, so, you know, he has perfect weather. He's in L.A. But we actually went to residency together. He did uh, orthodontics, and I did perio. I will say he's an amazing guy, and I couldn't imagine anybody who would I, who I would want to actually come on the podcast and educate everybody about orthodontics. And, and just, I mean, he's very honest, and he'll basically lay it out there. He's a funny guy, too. So, Dr. Payam Zamani, what is going on, sir? I appreciate it, Dr. Wall. Thank you so much for having me on at this beautiful Wednesday night. You see? You see, only California people would talk like that. It's 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 all <laughs> messed up in Houston. It's rainy, and it's just it's crappy. But anyway. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, your introduction of California, today happened to be the first day that it rained here in L.A. in, I think, maybe like eight months. So wow. very ironic. Yeah, well, but there it's, you it's all good. <laughs> I bet you you guys still like ran around and like played in the puddles and stuff like that. You know, what I mean, usually uh, we're just uh, angry here. We we actually treat it like it's uh, pure acid. We don't go outside. <laughs> we don't want to melt. <laughs> there you go. It's all <laughs> but good. We're good. We we all survived. Right, right. All right. Well, Doctor Zamani, I just want you to just give our listeners a little feedback, a little background on yourself and how you got into orthodontic treatment. You got it. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I grew up, um, in a suburb of Los Angeles called Palos Verdes. Uh, I went to undergrad here at UC Irvine, um, which is in Orange County. Uh, funny fact is I was a school teacher, uh, after UCI for about a year or so. I taught second grade science because I love kids and I love teaching. Uh, from there, I went to USC for dental school where I fell in love with USC college football. And they're playing UCLA this weekend, so I'm hoping our Trojans uh, have a great game. So was it around the time uh, Reggie Bush and them were there? Reggie Bush, actually, uh, Reggie Bush, I was there from 2008 to 2012. I think I missed Reggie by maybe a couple of years. Oh, man. So you, you uh, were there with, like, Sanchez and them. Sanchez was definitely there. Oh, they, they practice football. Their, their practice field is right next to the dental school, so... Um, it was really nice just walking around and watching these football players walk around with swarms of people around them. Of course. Uh, before they're even in the NFL, which is, which is really odd, but it was fun. <laughs> um, so I did, I did the USC dental there. And then from there, I had the pleasure of going to the University of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania with you. Yeah. Uh, where I had, uh, the three years ortho residency program. And at the same time, I opted to get a master's in facial aesthetics. I uh, did a whole bunch of research on 3D imaging and Botox treatment to, you know, cure uh, gummy gummy smiles. So that was a lot of fun. And then we finished our residency, I think, what was it, back in 2015. And I've been back in L.A. ever since. I have since started my own practice in Los Angeles, specifically in a city called Culver City, which is very close to the LAX airport near the west side of L.A. And it's called True Smile Orthodontics. Uh, it was a brand new kind of uh build from scratch opportunity. So I made it the way that I liked it. Uh, the vibe is totally different than, you know, a general, the normal offices that you see. If you want to check it out, it's called truesmilebraces.com and that's T-R-U, smilebraces.com. So you, you'll kind of get a feel of what our vibe is all about um, how, and how we do things a little bit differently. So uh, I'm in private practice right now, enjoying life, um, trying to grow in every which way and have a good time while doing it. So it's funny that you mentioned that because you being able to give me this time, I truly appreciate because I know how busy you are. And and for that, I thank you. So let's just dive right in so you can 
go home, you know, uh, and hang out with the wife and, and, and just <laughs> enjoy the few minutes and, you know, that you have before you have to start this all over again tomorrow. No so, problem. Not, you got it. Okay. So let's start with something that I've always wanted to know. I've always felt like everybody that I know that's an orthodontist, when they were in residency, they had to put and, and go through braces. Why do you guys all have braces when you're in residency? Is that something that's like by law you have to do? It's a very, very good question. So um, part of it is we put on braces on each other without actual etching. Um, and I think we might have used adhesive, adhesive or not just so we understand what it feels like to put on braces um, and what it feels like to have braces, right? But because we don't etch, we could just pop those off very easily and polish and you're done with it. Um, I know a lot of people who actually have braces and do jaw surgery while they're in residency mm. because we're in such close proximity to everybody and all the professionals. Right. And because it usually ends up being free, they're like, well, hell, you know, I'll save myself 20 grand and do it in residency um, and I'll, I'll look good for it. Right. Uh, and maybe some of us, like I didn't have braces as a kid. Right. Um, because, and I blame my general dentist when I was a kid who recommended I do not have braces, which was, she was totally wrong. So I ended up with all sorts <laughs> of problems, but, um, I, I actually treated myself, um, in dental school and then a little in residency as well. Okay. And honestly, you know, when you go into dental school, uh, you become a little bit more anal about things and super detail oriented. And then when you right. go into residency, you even go in more detail. Um, and we're all freaks at the end of the day, like the smallest <laughs> rotation, you're like, sorry, can't have this. Let's put these braces back on and, and correct it. So, you know, it's, I think it, it comes with the territory. Right. I, I always say a little bit of knowledge is very dangerous, you know, and, 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 and when you're in dent, when you're in dental school, that's exactly what you have a little bit of knowledge. Exactly. But, uh, so that's awesome, man. Let's, let's talk about the, the, the elephant in the room. Let's talk about Smile Direct Club and these at home you know, uh, correction, you know, and then I will say this because my brother even had it and, and it really actually pissed me off because I'm like, really? You're going to insult my profession. Wow. I mean, I'm your brother. So you, as you probably know, I'm not going to invite him Thanksgiving at all. I, 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 <laughs> I've, I've disowned him, but <laughs> let's talk about that from an orthodontic point of view. What do you think about Smile Direct? What do you think about people who wanted to do their own dental work at home because it's cheaper? Okay, let, let, let's talk about this. So um, let, let me give you a fair warning. It's common knowledge um, that some of these companies, and I'm not going to name the companies. You don't have to. Uh, sure. They actually are giving out a bunch of lawsuits um, against professionals talking bad about these companies specifically. Mm. Um, and it's common knowledge that when patients start treatment with specific companies like, you know, um, I'm not going to name the specific ones. But, yeah, I mean, but, they have, know, there's like tons of them. There's tons exactly. of them. They're all doing um, the same thing. Basically... They actually have to sign a waiver saying if you're not happy with treatment, you want a refund, whatever, you can't go and talk bad about us. So they're like trying to protect themselves on that end. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 um, pause, pause for a second. Repeat sure. what you just said right there. So when patients are unhappy, um, when they want a refund or anything funky like that happens, um, from my understanding, and I've seen a whole lot of these as examples, they have to sign a waiver saying that you cannot go and write a bad review, um, talk about your bad results, etc. Wow. Wow. And I'm not surprised. But anyway, okay. So as an orthodontist, right? So uh, my brother's excuse was, well, it's cheaper 
for me to okay. do this and go through this route versus um, go to an orthodontist. Okay. And, and as an orthodontist, tell us again, why do you think you actually should be the person that they go to versus going through this route? Okay, so let, let, let's take a step back, uh-huh. okay? Now, as orthodontists, we have a lot of tools in our toolbox to provide treatment, right? Um, we have clear liners, we have braces, uh, we have lingual braces, we have appliances, etc. The way that we move teeth around, we move jawbones around, is we put a force on it, the tooth moves, um, and we go throughout treatment, right? There's no, there's no magic behind it. Now, clear aligners, and this is, this is one of the biggest misconceptions amongst, um, patients, uh, or the, you know, the general public, um, for that matter, is that when they see a clear aligner like Invisalign, they see a piece of plastic. Right. So when I show them, I show them a picture of an Invisalign tray and they see a picture of an at home aligner tray. All they see is a tooth shaped piece of plastic and they say, okay, they should move the teeth because they're both plastic. What they don't understand is the provider who's actually planning the entire treatment from stage one till whatever stage they're at. That's actually controlled step by step by the orthodontist. So when I see a patient, and I go through what is called a ClinCheck and Invisalign and other systems have different names. I actually go, I custom design the trays and the movement of the teeth based on where I think the teeth should go, how the bite should be, and how it coordinates to the actual facial aesthetics. And I plan it from A through Z. And then as we go through the treatments, I make sure the teeth are moving according to plan. Um, I make sure we do other auxiliary treatments like IPR, which is slenderizing between your teeth. Uh, we put the appropriate attachments on the teeth to aid in actual tooth movement. And we make sure that if anything, before we even start, gums are healthy, no cavities, and the teeth can actually handle the movements that we're doing. Okay. Let me, now, let me pause you real quick right there. I, sure. I love what you just said. I want to make sure people understand this. So let's start from your background, right? You go to you school. You went to school, went to dental school. Then mm-hmm. you did three years additional training, and then some. Maybe you went and did another, like a master's or something, right? Yep. So now you are literally the expert on forces when it comes to teeth, movement when it comes to uh, the jaw, uh, jaw formation, jaw growth, right? All kinds of stuff, right? You know all this stuff. And then whenever you actually treatment plan a person, like my brother, imagine you would treatment plan, you would say, okay, I need to make sure I focus on every single tooth, the health of each, each uh, teeth, right? And then also on top of that, make sure that I do this and make sure everything works in harmony. 100%. And right. even going beyond that, okay. it's more than just making teeth straight, right? It. Um, it's, it's not too difficult to help improve and make teeth more straight than they actually are. So the problem isn't, you know, patients, if they start at a zero, and whatever aligner system they go with, they take them to a 2 out of 10. They go, fantastic. I got some improvement, right? The unfortunate thing is they didn't know that they could have gone to a 7 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. They just think that little tiny improvement was like, okay, something worked. But really, there was so much more work to be done, which could help them aesthetically and functionally as well. So you're paying for what you get? 100%. That's it. Okay. They see, so, and that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't understand is, yeah, you're sure you're paying less, but you may not be getting the expertise that goes behind, uh, um, you know, the orthodontic treatment. You know, you don't uh, know who, you don't even know who's actually treatment planning your case. 
It could be somebody that just kind of sitting in the lab that never went to dental school, and they could actually be the one treatment planning this for you and saying, well, it looks straight, and that's it. You know, I, I don't know all the inner workings of uh, these companies, but I do know that I get a lot of patients in my practice where the teeth have been moved um, just because of some kind of algorithm of making teeth more straight, but what was not considered is the bite, so how the upper and lower teeth come together. So they come to me and they go, listen, my teeth look straighter, but I can't bite the way that I should be biting and it feels awkward. Um, so I have a lot of patients who come in and I have to just recorrect everything, backtrack a little bit, um, and improve the situation, which is very unfortunate, right? Because first of all, they're out a, a few thousand dollars that they spent, um, a few months of their lives, and now they lost trust in the system. There you go. There you go. Okay. Well, so let's, let's go from there then. So a lot of people, the reason why they get these clear aligners is, yeah. are, are because they don't want to go through, um, traditional braces. Mm -hmm. the metal and all that stuff so can you give us alternatives besides clear liners or if you, you can include clear liners for maybe adults that don't want to get brackets and don't want to get the metal uh, braces absolutely so you ha i mean you, you these are the basic options um and let's say my assumption is the vast majority of the patients who are going to an at, at you know a at, at home uh, a liner system or adults. So let's talk about adults, mm -hmm. right? Um, your options are metal braces, clear braces in the front, gold braces in the front. Uh, we have something called lingual braces where the braces are actually put on on the inside of your teeth so they're truly invisible. And then you have your clear aligners. Now, most orthodontists that I know, including myself, provide adults with multiple treatment plans based on their goals and what they actually want to achieve with the smile. So if someone comes in and they have crooked teeth and they have a very bad, let's say, class two bite, uh, for our dental professionals, that's where your upper jaw is just too much forward compared to your lower jaw. I talk to them and I see their ex what they want to do. If their goal is to make their teeth straight, I let them know, listen, your teeth are crooked, yes, your bite is way off, and it can cause X, Y, and Z. If you want to make your teeth straight and don't worry about your bite because you've been having this exact same bite for the past 45 years, we could do that and these are your options. And it's going to take probably a shorter amount of time. If you actually want to improve your smile and improve your bite, which will you know, create X, Y, and Z benefits, then this is plan B. So I put the onus on the actual adult patient as long as they're fully informed of what's possible and what I could do for them. And the shortcomings of the treatment plan that they pick, I'm fine with that. And the nice thing for these adult patients is they just assume that similar to their kids, let's say everyone that comes in has, they're going to be in braces for two years and it's going to cost X amount of dollars. Most orthodontists can provide limited treatment, both with aligners and braces for a short amount of time and for less cost than what it actually costs for their kids. So they, they, they work with these uh, patients. So as long as we educate the public and let them know what we do, um, I think everyone will win after that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now that, now that we've taken care of adults, let's move past them. They're, they're born. Let's talk, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about suck. adults. They do. They do. Let's talk about kids because, you know, we, we love kids. And, and we want to – let's start with the beginning. Let's start okay. with how early do we actually start evaluating kids for braces? Age seven. Okay. Why? So here's 
Here, good question. So, um, the, the official orthodontic answer is, well, the AAO says at age seven, you should, you know, um, the main reason is at age seven, for the most part, you have the first molars in the mouth. You have your anterior adult dentition in the mouth. And you could really decipher two big things. Number one, are the jaws growing the way that they should be? And if they're not, you could use appliances um, to help improve jaw growth and get the trajectory back to normal. And number two, is there enough room in the mouth for the adult teeth to come in when it's time? Um, and if there's not, then you could actually put on braces or use appliances um, to make more room for those adult teeth to come in. So age seven is kind of like the prime time for these kids to come in. And that's called phase one treatment, uh, what most orthodontists uh, call it these days. Okay. So at age seven is when you can actually begin also yes. with treatment. Okay. Uh, you talked about jaw formation. And can you mm -hmm. get into how orthodontists can actually change someone's jaw uh, and development of the jaw? Absolutely. So um, in general, orthodontics obviously is the movement of teeth and movement of the jaw bones, correct? Right. Uh, since we're talking about kids and we're talking about, you know, let's say seven or eight-year-olds, the two main ways that we could help improve jaw formation in that age group around age seven is if the upper jaw is too narrow, um, what we do is we expand the upper jaw. And the best way to do it really is with an appliance called an expander. And it expands the upper jaw back to where it's supposed to be, which helps the kid tremendously with the formation of their upper jaw. The second way that we could do this is if the upper jaw has not grown too far or far forward enough, which they have something called the crossbite in the front, an anterior crossbite, we actually use an appliance that aids in moving that upper jaw more forward uh, to get the kid back into the normal growth trajectory. Okay. Well, the so anyways, really, at that age group. Got you. So let's talk about what you just said. You said that you use a, a palatal expander. Yes. To try to widen the, the jaw, the upper jaw, right? Yes. So, um, and then it's funny because you and I actually talked about this before we started this, but the Natural Dentist Association said that they've actually created a, a, a an appliance. And yep. It's called ALF appliance. Okay. And they're basically saying that, hey, this is actually more natural than the palatal expander. And, and you basically, you know, you, you schooled me on this. So I, I want you to go ahead and tell our audience what you believe and think the ALF appliance. What do you think about them? And, and what do you think about, you know, powder expanders and so forth? But the ALF appliance, what do you think about that? Okay. Um, let, let me start off with I've never worked with an ALF, uh, ALF device in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, specifically their brand. Right. Uh, what I know is what I just saw online with basically the design of what this appliance is um, and their and their description of what it does and how it's different than an expander on their website, which is called naturaldentistassociates.com. Right. Uh, so first time I'm hearing this, but it's clear based on the, the image that I see of what this appliance is, it's an orthodontic appliance. Uh, <laughs> we as orthodontists have been using this for many years. Uh, it's a specific uh, form of what we call a TPA, transpalatal arch um, appliance. And basically what it does, or even a Hyrax appliance, which is a type of expander. Um, so basically what it does is it's putting a very light force on those back molar teeth. And in this case, the way they designed it, on the front teeth as well. And it basically slowly moves those teeth more buckle, um, helping to create more space. 
Honestly, it looks like they're doing a fantastic job with their marketing, but it's simply an orthodontic appliance that any orthodontist who's trained in orthodontics can easily use for any patient that needs it. You know, it's funny that you mentioned how you guys have been doing this for so long, but it's all about rebranding. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's true because this is it's happening in Imperio as well, where somebody creates something, you're like, wait a minute, that's the same thing we've been using since the 1950s. But you <laughs> rebranded, Facebook helps you, and all of a sudden, it's this magical land of something new, right? Listen, you add, you add natural on it, maybe an organic on it, um, and things feel better all of a sudden. But so I'm going to start know, doing that. I'm gonna, everything I'm going to do is just natural now. I'm going to be like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do natural gum surgery, you know, and <laughs> you're going you're gonna to pay me more, and it's going to be brand new. But yeah, I, I feel bad for the patients who are getting unnatural gum surgery. Thank you. See, Facebook, let's use it. Uh, let's talk about, we talked about jaw development, you know, yeah. but sometimes you have to do surgery or have to talk to an ortho, uh, oral surgeon to do surgery on some of these kids and adults, right? Um, mm-hmm. Have you guys, are you guys still doing those procedures and, and, you know, working with oral surgeons to do that? Or have you guys kind of gotten away from um, doing jaw surgery to kind of correct for bites? Such a good question. I love that. So uh, in Pittsburgh, we actually were, our residency was very close-knit with the oral surgery residency. So we learned a ton of jaw surgery, did a lot of cases, which we call orthognathic surgery cases, which means you put on braces, you make teeth straight first, you send them on over to the oral surgeon, they do the jaw surgery, they send you, they send the patient back. We finish the case by making sure the bite comes together, aesthetics is right, uh, it's functional, and then the patient is done, and they leave with a fantastic smile, and the bite looks great. Now, jaw surgery is, in my opinion, major surgery. So if you've, if you've ever been inside a OR where you actually, you know, assist in a jaw surgery, you could see how intense it is. So I reserve jaw surgery for my patients for the ones that absolutely need it where I know it could be life-changing. And for some of these people, it is life-changing. Because the cool thing about jaw surgery, number one, it improves your bite, right? So let's say, again, for someone who is class two, and for our non-dental peeps, again, that's when the upper jaw is too far forward and your lower jaw is way far back, right? There's a few problems. Number one, you're not able to bite and chew the way that you really want to. And you don't really know that because it's been your bite forever. So you kind of adapted yourself and you don't know how well you could actually function with the right bite, right? So that's the first thing. Number two, your once if your lower jaw is way far back, you could actually tell on the face. So when someone is not even smiling, you could see that lower jaw is set back tremendously. And most people, if you if you if you look at the people who are very class two, who clearly are good candidates for jaw surgery, if they're adults, men. I'll wager that a lot of them have facial hair, right? Goatees, beards, whatever. I don't know if this is a conscious thing or a subconscious thing, but when people put on this facial hair because it actually masks that lower jaw being super weak, so they have goatees and they have beards, and looking at you right now, I see that you have yeah. a little fuzz going uh, on. You know what? And I'm this- like, oh, man, but you got really <laughs> nice bites, so you're doing okay. Don't worry. You know um, what? I, but- now I understand why I grew it. <laughs> I'm masking. I'm masking. <laughs> You're masking it. But either consciously or subconsciously, you can just tell that something is off, right? Uh, and the third thing is when that lower jaw is really far back, especially if you are overweight, 
you're definitely more prone to breathing problems like sleep apnea. So when I see someone come in and I see that we could vastly improve their life just because their bite is better, facial aesthetics will just change their life. And if they're overweight and I ask them, I always talk about sleep apnea and ask them about snoring if they're on sleep tests. And if all those check marks are there, I 100% offer the jaw surgery option because I know and I've seen it firsthand how much it could change someone's life. Um, so your answer is yes. Uh, we still promote it if it's absolutely necessary. However, um, treatment has gone so much better, you know, since I don't know how long ago that we could help improve bites by using different appliances and different techniques where we could help avoid jaw surgery. Now, granted, the result might not be as perfect as it would be with jaw surgery, but it's a compromise treatment, right? If the patient can't afford jaw surgery or if they just don't want to go through jaw surgery, or if I tell them, listen, you can do jaw surgery, it'll be perfect, but I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze, then we go with plan B and we do a non-surgical wrap. That's awesome. It's almost like you read my notes. So let's talk about airway, uh, airway, um, restriction, right? Let's talk let's about, talk about yeah. what orthodontists can do to help people that have sleep apnea, to help kids that, you know, you can just clearly tell they're just mouth breathers. Like, what, what are some of the things that you could do to help these adults and kids out? You know, and, and we talked about surgery, but what are the other avenues that orthodontists are known for to kind of help with jaw development and to, again, help with like airway? management you got it so this is a a normal conversation and a kind of a controversial conversation um that's today. why tooth and, be toad let's get it <laughs> let's get it let's get it and i think if you ask 10 different orthodontists you might get three different answers um so i'll tell you my perspective that's it right so let's um let's talk about just general knowledge so we know that the roof of your mouth is the same bone as the base of your nose, okay? Now, if we use an expander and we expand the upper jaw, then your volume, your intranasal volume, the volume, the space inside your nose increases because we're actually expanding that. So your resistance of breathing through your, your nose is going to be less, correct? Mm -hmm. so, there, so that's fantastic. That definitely helps. And a lot of my expander patients go, wow, I could breathe better. I'm like, very cool. I like that. However, that doesn't mean if someone has a breathing problem, that the problem is automatically solved because maybe that wasn't the part of the, that wasn't the problem. Maybe the problem was closer to their pharynx. Maybe they're obese and everything is constricted. Maybe they have a really large tongue and it's set back. So it's a multifactorial problem. And we're one part of the equation. Okay. Right? Okay. So expansion, in my opinion, yes, it could help, but I don't think it's like a magic bullet. No. Um, you got to work with your ENTs. I mean, ENTs have a play a large part of it, right? Um, we're just one aspect of the puzzle. So if it's indicated orthodontically, right, if we could help improve their smile and improve their bite with expanding, yeah, 100% expand and helping improve the, the breathing, probably it's going to help. Is it going to help 100%? I don't know. Um, there's been some good research out out of Stanford. It actually came out maybe like six, seven years ago where they saw that they helped reduce sleep apnea in kids when it was a combination of removing the adenoids um, and doing expansion. And if you just did one and not the other, it didn't help that much. But when you did them together, it helped tremendously. So obviously, they're just trying to increase as much space as possible, um, reduce the resistance. 
and hopefully that's going to help with breathing. But then you get into this entire other problem of, you know, bringing the lower jaw forward. Is that going to help? And a lot of orthodontists, rightfully, they, uh, they say, listen, you can't even diagnose a constriction on our typical x-rays. And I'm getting super nerdy about this. That's okay. We, we, this is what it is. Go ahead. Like we, we take pan and cefs and, you know, CBCTs and they go, look, everything is constricted. You probably have, you're going to have breathing problems. Let's just fan things out. But that's just a, one-dimensional kind of thing of one-time image, right? And others like, well, you need to go and get a functional MRA and kind of see how everything's moving, see an ENT. And it all makes sense to me, right? Like logically, it makes sense. Expand more, less resistance. But the real truth is that there needs to be a lot more research and it really is multifactorial and they really need to see multiple specialists to get this job done. Okay, so... What you just did was you just now you blew my mind because now you're gonna get me started, right? Man, I just I just gave you the most politi- politically correct answer. No, it Are still riled me this up. Blew your mind? It, it riled me up. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean by that because right. I'm gonna take it out of ortho and I'm gonna put it in just the general uh, dentistry field, right? What's Bob's big it. right now is uh, a lot of people doing airways, right? Oh, everybody needs to get some kind of appliance to open up their airways, breathing, and 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 it's become like. That, you know, you take CEs now. Any, anytime you take a CE, it's because there's money to be made, right? 100%. A lot of, yep, a lot yep. of dentists and, and specialists are all going to do airway breathing. I just came to, uh, back from Chicago and that was a course, uh, was airway management for, parad- okay. for periodontists. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go take that. Uh, okay, cool. Whatever. Right. But the problem is a lot of people are just doing exactly what you just said, right? They take these three-dimensional images or an X-ray, and they say, "See, you see right here. This is why you you need my appliance, or this is why you need to get this appliance because you're restricted or constricted here." You see, yep. and so like what you said is this is a snapshot. Am I saying that the person doesn't have constriction or, or or resistance somewhere? I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is there's multifactorial issues that need to be resolved, and I feel like people just say, "Oh, let's just put an appliance in there." But you may be actually messing with people's occlusion. You may be messing with people's uh, ability to function properly. You mm-hmm. may be causing more cavities. There's so many other things that are happening that, you know, it just it just bothers me when people just say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go take a course and I'm going to be a sleep apnea person or, you know, I'm going to be a sleep specialist now. Yep. So, I mean, talk about that. And, and what do you see when it comes to uh, the field of dentistry and, and what we need to do to improve and actually hone in and tell patients this is the truth here this is what's happening my answer is refer 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 <laughs> so uh i never make a claim that i'm the expert in any kind of sleeping disorders and how to treat it um simply i'm not right um i i have some knowledge on it i could you know things i've done orthodontically have helped my patients but it takes literally a team to do this kind of stuff. And it makes me sad when, you know, you, you talk about courses like this, especially teaching people uh, for the very first time. And just like you said, in dental school, where you just learn a little bit of like a very big subject and you don't know what you don't know. Right. 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 And I've always learned that you don't know what you don't know is a giant thing that goes through my head every time. So when I go in there and, you know, I want to I want to help. I always be like, you know what? I know this one other person who does this for a living, right? He's actually a dentist. Uh, he's, he's local. Actually, he's a periodontist. Nope. Um, but he's, he's limited his practice very much to TMD and sleeping disorders. 
Um, so he's very knowledgeable. And here I am. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to pretend like I know more than this guy about this, this, this situation because this is what he does day in and day out. He's go. up to date on all the research. Why would I affect someone's life, right? And this is really affecting their life. It's, it's breathing, right? You need to breathe. Um, just so a little I, bit. I prefer. So I'm, I'm a, I'm an advocate of specialists and specific things need to be, need to be doing specific specialty work. And if it's something that I know someone does it better than I do, you're getting referred to that person because I want to take care of you the best way that I can. That's awesome. That is awesome. Okay, let's talk about Botox. Okay. Botox. Yes, yeah, let's my talk favorite subject. No, it's true. <laughs> it's funny because I have a friend of mine who is actually in California and, yep. and I see her, you know, Instagram account and, and Facebook account and she's always talking about Botox, right? And I honestly didn't know that orthodontists did Botox. This you did not know. I, did you know dent? Did you know general dentists are doing Botox? That I do. That and, I knew. I didn't know that. Physician assistants are doing Botox. <laughs> I'm yep. pretty sure the vet down the street is doing Botox as well. Just go ask. And if the vet is doing Botox, then I'm not paying for my dog to get Botox. <laughs> that's something that that's not going to happen, right? I mean, <laughs> the, the dog can get a, a sweater. I, I don't care. But when it comes to Botox, where I draw the line. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. You know, everybody, but, especially in Los Angeles. Holy cow. Talk Anyone that, that can get a hold of a needle is doing Botox here. So, so, and that's what I'm saying. So, so talk about orthodontists and Botox and what the true benefits could be. Okay. Let's, let's do it. So, um, funny thing is that, uh, a lot of my masters had to do with Botox and specifically it was about controlling your gummy smile, right? So, uh, Botox reduces the activity of specific muscles wherever you inject it. For a gummy smile, there's a lot of reasons why you would have a gummy smile, right? It could be a lip length issue. It could be a jaw bone issue where the upper jaw is too far down. Um, it could be a gum tissue issue, right? Where you're just showing way too much gum. You need crown lengthening. Uh, and a part of it could be a hyperactive muscle issue where you smile that upper lip. It just goes up way too high because it's hyperactive. So simply put, you inject a little Botox in a very specific spot on both sides. It lasts about four to six months at the most. And when you smile, if you do it correctly, the lips won't go as high as they should and you don't have a gummy smile anymore. The benefit is it's fairly cheap because it's just Botox and you're not doing surgery. Um, the problem is you got to do it every four to six months. And if you don't get it done correctly, your smile is going to be asymmetric or it's just going to look super fake and you're not going to show enough teeth and you'll just look like you're 90 years old when you're actually 25 years old. There right? it is. Wisdom. Um, now, here, here's, here's some more knowledge. That was my master's. I know what's up. I still don't do it in my own practice. Do you know why I don't do it in my own practice? Come on, speak on it. Because I don't think I'm the specialist of this yet again, right? I know plastic surgeons who do this every day and all day, all they do is surgery, Botox, surgery, Botox. So why would I come and do this Botox thing right now when I'm doing it like once a month or once every few months just because they might know how to do it a little bit better than I do. Um, so I refer it out. Let me, you know, let, let me just stop you again because I've, I've been stopping you a lot. Let me just stop you again. I, want, away, you, I want you to give everybody your uh, practice name again. The reason why I say that is because honestly, <laughs> why so they come and get nothing done here? Because no, 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 no. The reason why I say that is because you're keeping it real. You're basically telling people, listen, I know what I am really good at, including the fact that you've actually done research and gotten a master's in Botox. You're still like, I need to do a little more, right? 
and yep. and and I believe people like you and, and and clinicians like you will actually do better off in the long run because people you're doing people the the right way. You're helping people uh-huh. the right way. You see what I'm saying? You get you you're taking your time. And you're actually doing what's right for people versus a weekend course and saying you're an expert in this. And let me just go ahead and sell this to people. You're saying, okay, you know what? I know somebody that can actually do it better. But guess what? When you come here, I'm gonna do this better, and I'm gonna do it better than anybody else can. So that's why I'm saying it like that. It's the truth, you know what I mean? So, so please, the name. Give me, give me the name again, please. Now, so our practice name is True Smile Orthodontics in Culver City, California, which is in West Los Angeles. The the website is truesmilebraces.com, T-R-U-smilebraces.com. That's it. Okay, cool. So w- before we leave and, and before you have to get home, and I know you do, and, and it's... Oh, tell, this, listen, this, tell is, you, this is listen. so fun. This is honestly so fun for me. <laughs> this is awesome. I, I could talk... I talk about teeth all day long, right. and again, it's after hours. I'm like, this is just fun. Let's right. keep talking about. You know, this I just kind don't want to get yelled right? at by your wife. I don't want to get yelled at by your wife. <laughs> no, so. no, no. My, so. <laughs> wife, my wife is literally the sweetest, most understanding person. Besides, she's a she's an attorney, business litigation here in LA, and she's super busy anyway. So okay. well, I don't, um, when I'm busy, no. she she has a lot of work to do and, as well. And I appreciate that. And I actually met your wife, and she, you're absolutely correct. She's incredibly sweet. <laughs> you know what I mean? But again, I, I I don't I don't care what you say. I want you get get your get your butt home so you can have you know enjoy the time with your wife. So let's that finish off. Let's finish off on this, right? Technology. We know that technology is huge in dentistry, right? We yes. have we have uh, electronic scanners now that can just scan the whole mouth, and 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 instead of taking impressions, we can just scan the mouth, send it to the laboratory. They bring us back uh, mm-hmm. a, a three dimensional rendering of the person's mouth, teeth, whatever it may be, right? Yes. Talk to me about technology and ortho and what you've seen and where you've seen ortho going when it comes to the technology you're using you know like for very example, good question yeah for example lasers are big in perio okay right? are lasers as big in uh, ortho and and again what technology is out there that orthodontists are using that you can see the future going okay so the big i mean there, there's always the regular technology that always advances um like x-ray machines right like cbct it, it, technology comes in waves. I feel like every few years, everyone jumps on this bandwagon of, you know, this is the technology everyone has to do. And after a few years, they're like, meh, let's do the next thing, right? Um, so, for example, I would say four or five years ago, something called TADS were a giant thing. And we still do TADS, right? So TADS are basically mini screws that you put into bone uh, to help aid in movement of the teeth. And it really helps control your movement, which is fantastic. I was hearing about it all the time four or five years ago. Now I hear it very seldom. I feel like people have moved on, although, you know, it's still a big part of orthodontics. People, people use it. Uh, CBCT was always a big thing, especially when airways it, you know, in the conversation. Um, and that's always a good thing. But right now, I would say the technology of what orthodontists are really talking about is 3D printing and really being your own lab. Okay. So. In the past, uh, we would do impressions of your teeth and then send that off to a company, usually Invisalign, all right, a line company. They would make a rendering, a 3D rendering of your teeth. And then using their software, you would help control the tooth movements. And then they would manufacture all the trace for you, send it back to you, and then you start treatment, right? 3D printing and the scanners combined have really helped the situation where a lot of orthodontists are actually ditching these companies like Align 
and they're saying, well, I can do this myself, right? Um, why am I going to pay this giant lab bill um, to do that and where I could just have better control doing it in-house and doing it much faster, frankly, right? So what they're doing, um, a lot of orthodontists that I know and everyone's more, every week I hear more and more people doing this. So you get a scanner, you scan the teeth, and then you use a specific software. And there's a slew of softwares out there where you could actually help digitize the scans and control them um, and actually help doing the tooth movement. So what we call ClinCheck, which is the, 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 the software for Invisalign, there's other companies out there that help you do that as well. So you move the teeth around and you actually specifically design the trays from stage zero all the way to whatever stage that you're at. And then you use a 3D printer, and a lot of people are buying 3D printers in-house, and you print the models that you have, um, and you print one model per tray, right? And then when you get that model, you use a, a suck-down machine, and there's a few big ones out there, and you actually make your own trays uh, and basically do what Invisalign has done for orthodontists for the past 20 years all in-house. That is awesome. That is awesome. So this is this is like the next thing. Uh, there's positives and negatives to it, um, but I, I see this as a big thing in the near. Well, it's, I would say in the now, but also in the near future. I think more and more people are going to be jumping on it and providing that service themselves. Okay, and so I'll wrap it up here by asking you: um, What are some things that you, as a clinician, would tell patients to look out for? You know, when it comes to selecting an orthodontist um, and, and, and what should they be asking their orthodontist so that they get the best orthodontist possible? And that includes like if, if they go to a general dentist that does ortho, right? What are some of the questions that they should be asking so that they can really hone in and say, you know what, this is going to this person, you know, is going to be really good for my kids, myself, my family, so forth. Okay. Um that's a very good question. Okay. Let's talk about, how about, this, let's do orthodontist first. So mm-hmm. if they're, if they're going to an off, first of all, I would ask, are you an orthodontist? <laughs> the basics. <laughs> the basics. Got you. Yeah. Because, uh, you don't, <laughs> it's so sad that we're laughing about this. Right. Because most people, if you go, Hey, listen, did you see an orthodontist? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I went to an or- uh, orthodontic consultation. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Who was? And the name person, I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, did they also do your cleanings and fillings? Like, yeah, 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 they did cleanings and he did my filling and then he did a consultation for ortho. I'm like, all right, so that's not an orthodontist. You're like, yeah, they moved teeth. They use Invisalign. I'm like, oh man, we're in trouble already. So <laughs> number one, ask if, if, if the person's orthodontist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's step one. In orthodontics, similar to dentistry, right? Patients, in my opinion, they can't tell if an orthodontist is awesome clinically or if they're not, right? I mean, how, how are they supposed to tell that? Because they're not trained in it. All they're going to see is front straight teeth and they're like, cool, he makes teeth straight. It works for me, right? So what you really have to do, in my opinion, is go to the consultation and number one is the gut test, okay? Really see how you feel in the office. See if you feel like you could work with the orthodontist and the staff um, because it's usually going to be at least a six-month treatment, usually up to two years for kids, right? And you're going to see them periodically over those two years. So you have to be comfortable and trust the the practitioner with your life. Well, not your life. Let's be real. With the life of your teeth and smile <laughs> for the next couple of years, right? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So that's the first thing. And the questions I would ask as an orthodontist, 
Um, I don't know any orthodontist who isn't good with braces or clear aligners. So if you're an orthodontist, I imagine you know what's up, right? Um, so as long as you're comfortable, if you want to ask him for pictures of previous cases, sure, by all means, um, ask around if patients are satisfied with the customer service and their results. Fantastic. That's the way you go about it, right? Um, now, if you go to a general dentist, and I know a few general dentists who kick ass in Invisalign, mm -hmm. right? Um, who they're like, listen, I've been doing Invisalign for a few years. I do like a hundred cases a year and these are my results. I'm like, holy cow, you are legit good for you. Rock on, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, awesome. If you go to that general dentist and he does X amount of cases and he's fantastic, good for you, right? But if you're going to a general dentist because it's convenient, um, and you don't know better. The first thing I would ask is how many cases have you started and finished in the past year? Right? Um, if it's not like 50 and above, and I'm just totally making that number up. It's just a totally arbitrary name, uh, arbitrary number. I would, I would be cautious, right? The thing I think I want is someone who's experienced in the treatment that's going to be done. That's all I care about. Okay. And then right? do you think it's a uh, taboo to ask them to show you cases? from beginning to end and, and maybe connect you with like one or two patients that to kind of ask them, Hey, what did you think about your, your case? That's a very good question. I would say most orthodontists have cases that they can show from finish to end. Um, so no, if someone asked me, Hey, can I see some of your cases? Like, heck yeah, come on, let me show you everything. Right. right. I would go through that. I, I enjoy that stuff. Remember, I used to be a school teacher, so I enjoy educating people, <laughs> right? right? right. Uh, sometimes I over-educate people. So, um, no, I think that's totally fine. The whole thing about asking for a previous patient, I've never thought about that. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I could give out a few names, but be like, listen, let me call them first and right. see if it's okay for you to call them. And I'm, I'm sure something like every practice has raving fans, right? I'd be right. like, listen, I got a few patients. Things are going really well. Um, sure, you call them, but let me, let me ask for permission. Yeah, that, that works totally fine. On the other hand, I could totally see practitioners be like, come on. I'm not going to like go through yes. all this just so you could trust me, right? right. I could see a lot of practitioners right, thinking right, right. that as well. So I guess it depends on which doctor you pick. Right. No, I mean, I think, you know, the key is just basically able to see uh, beginning to end uh, the cases because I think most people would have that, right? Would be able to show you, hey, this is what I've done, right? That's absolutely. The, so the one thing, the one caveat with that is no two mouths are the same, True. right? Um, so I could, I think a better thing of being like, listen, this is what I've done. It's more like, listen, this is the plan for you. And let me give specific reasons of why this is the plan for you and what my experience of how many times I've done this. And I think where we're going to get you at that. You know, uh, one thing I've learned, uh, just throughout just working and everything is the people that are usually the best are the ones that can explain it to you in the most simplest form. You, you mentioned being oh a teacher. Yep. You mentioned being a teacher, right? If, if you can sit down with a patient, explain to them the basics. I mean, like, make it so that they completely understand, you know, uh, quantum physics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, forces. Uh, I, you know, I think that's the, the kind of people that you're like, you know what? They know exactly what they're talking about to the level where they can explain it to me. You know, like I always say to people, explain it to me like I'm a uh, third grader. 100% right. Uh, you know what? Let me, let me, let me give a, some advice for the young dentists that are listening to this, right? Number, when you do a consultation, keep it simple, like literally as simple as possible, right? And then gauge the room. If they want more information, you give more information, 
right? The last thing you want to do is hop in and start giving out all these specific detailed information where one, they just don't care. They just want a result or two, you confuse the heck out of them. And then they start asking all these tangent questions because you led them there. That's totally your fault, right? They don't need to know the specifics of every single thing you do because they're not educated and trained in what you do. And you're just going to confuse them even more and it's not a good outcome. So keep it simple. Just make sure that you make them feel comfortable. Let them know how you're going to get to the result as simply as possible and then wait in silence and see what they say. If they like, listen, I trust you. This plan sounds good. Let's get going. Fantastic. If they say, listen, I want to hear a little bit more about this, then go into a little more detail and then wait and see if they want more detail. That's going to help you tremendously and it's going to, you know, reduce a lot of headache for you during the day. On that note, I think we are done. That's the best way I could figure <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to end this podcast. Uh, I absolutely really, I mean, I honestly appreciate you taking the time. You know, Dr. Zamani, you are, I mean, w- well-spoken. You educated so much. I mean, there's so many things that people get out of just this podcast alone. You know, if you can come back and maybe we can talk about other, uh, uh, you know, other things that are going on in ortho or maybe get some more questions and we can answer these questions, I would really appreciate it. You know what I mean? Listen, any opportunity you get me to talk about dentistry and people, and teaching, I love it. I'll take it back. So I'll, I'll be back. And if you don't ask me to come back, I'll probably email you in a few months. Like, there you go. What do you think? Round two? Let's, <laughs> Let's get this. it. Let's get it. No, that's <laughs> awesome. No, I definitely appreciate you, man. You know, thank you so much for coming in and taking the time. Uh, we will definitely see you back on here. And, uh, you know, again, uh, let us know how people can reach you, you know, on, on, on social media, email, whatever it may be. So you they- beat me to the punch. That's exactly what I was going to say because let's get it. Uh, I want people to contact me and be like, number one, Hey, thank you. That actually helped. Two, hey, can you explain a little bit more? Or three, you are full of BS. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> this is wrong. And heck, maybe I'll learn something, right? I would, right. Talk, I would actually, I would really appreciate that to be honest because, uh, we learn all the time. So. Um, first of all, you could, uh, our Instagram, if you're even interested in what we're doing, it's called True Smile Ortho. That's our handle, T-R-U Smile Ortho on Instagram. Uh, if you want to contact me personally, I'll give you my email address. It's my initials, P-Z dot Zamani. So that's P like Payam, Z like Zamani, dot Z-A-M-A-N-I at gmail.com. So uh, go ahead and email me, and I'm, I'm very good at getting back to people uh, quickly. If you got comments, concerns, uh, or want to just drop some knowledge on me, I'm always happy to learn. That's awesome. I mean, thank you again for everything. Uh, you, got it, you know what? Enjoy your night. Uh, definitely, you know, send my love to the family, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Listen, next time I'm in Texas, and I actually come, you know, once in a while. Yeah. I want to come, and we want to have dinner together, and just I want to meet your uh, beautiful baby. That's come on. It's a, it's it's a bet, man. We got this. All right. <laughs> thank you so have much. A great night. Enjoy great your night, man. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.